This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd. This is episode 371. I'm Dan Ellis, and I'm tired. I'm tired of everything and all the things and junk and stuff, except for you two fine fellows, my Aww. my co-hosts for this wonderful show, uh, Mr. Ryan Duffy. Yeah, I'm in pajamas today. Awesome. I live my life in pajamas <laughs> these days, unless I'm going out of the house somewhere. And uh, Mr. Taylor Grin. Oh, well, hello there. Oh, well, hello there to you also. What is new with you gents since we spoke last? Let's go with Ryan first. Uh, it's nice out. So I got to clean part of the garage today until I filled the garbage can up. You got to? You, you well, were no, fortunate I enough? I want to <laughs> get, well, because like in the winter, I've, I've been doing more stuff down here in the basement than in the garage, making like smaller stuff. Because the garage is fucking cold in the winter? Because the garage is fucking cold. So. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, I'm going to cut and sand when I need to cut and sand and get the fuck back inside. Yeah. Which means I haven't been cleaning up after myself. <laughs> so it's, it's very dusty. I've, I filled my, my, I have a five gallon little tornado bucket thing that hooks to my shop vac. Mm -hmm. I filled that five gallon bucket up four times wow. with sawdust. Wow. And you can't even tell I, I hit anything on the floor. <laughs> wow. So your garage is just a giant fire hazard is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's all settled on the ground. So uh -huh. I mean, if it's airborne, it's worse. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's settled. Yeah. More like a Soviet bakery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I'll get it cleaned up. Yeah. Well, good, good. Get it ready for summer. Mm-hmm. And what, what about you, Mr. Taylor? Oh man, I, uh, I got a free ride to, uh, well, not a free ride, but I got a ride to a, uh, the ER and an ambulance. So oh, that yeah. was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell, so tell us all about that. What happened? Like, I know that you hurt your back again and so in horrible I, pain. I had an injury a few years back yeah. and it has been causing me some continual problems. Uh, the day after we recorded last week, um, I woke up in the morning and I was like, having a bad time with my back mm -hmm. and I stood up to get out of bed and I had the worst back spasm I've ever had in my entire life. Um, bad enough that I was literally just writhing on the ground and screaming in agony to the point where my brother just called an ambulance because oh, no. nobody knew what to do. Um, something real, so something really bad is going on and I don't know what it is. I need somebody else here to evaluate the situation. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Um, I'm actually not going to talk at all about anything that happened thereafter um, because you don't remember. I have been no. told not to by my lawyer, and I will oh. leave it at that. Oh, oh that okay. Um, and we can talk off air, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm from from that point on. Uh, I'm not going to make any public statements about that. Um, but then. Once I got back home from the ER, um, multiple hours later, 
Uh, I basically spent like the last week pretty much um, on the firmest surface in the uh, in the house, which was our couch um, on muscle relaxers and steroids and and uh, actually fairly low grade painkillers um, because the intent was like to be aware of where the pain was. So I didn't like exert myself yeah. in a way that would re-injure. And I would say that today is probably the closest I've been to like sort of back to normal, but like not even like I'm still super sore. It's just that there are no more spasms going on. And I've got an appointment with a primary care physician uh, Friday. So we'll see. But um, it's it's possible I've got something like a, like a slip disc or a herniated disc or something like that going on and that it just flares up from time to time. And that's what's triggering the back spasms. But I'm hopefully going to be getting some better diagnostics going on in the near uh, future to figure out what that is. Um, Yikes. I'm sorry, man. Back pain fucking sucks. And like, there's no, there's no respite from it in in a lot of cases. Like there's no position you can get in that it makes it feel better. There's just, there's nothing you can fucking do. Yeah. I mean, we are, we're a profoundly poorly evolved or or rather poorly designed, uh, (laughs) you know, creature in that like, Everything centers on like about four inches worth of a cutout of our waist. And if anything goes wrong with any of those muscles, it's like all of it falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our S-shaped spine makes it oh, yeah. you know, very vulnerable for those parts of our body to get super fucked up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. You just need one of them titanium spines. <sighs> man. Or antimantium. Yeah, that sucks, yeah. man. I... When I when I was when I was a younger man, uh, in my twenties, I worked at a print shop, and like I worked in I worked in a like no shit. It wasn't like a Kinkos or <laughs> something like that. We were making mm-hmm. copies, like we're printing books and mm-hmm. magazines and all that kind of shit, right? And so, like in movies and on television, when you see the big web presses with big, mm-hmm. you know, the giant reels of paper going all through the different stacks and rollers and, and everything. And then the finished product coming out. Uh, I, I worked at a company that that printed all kinds of books. Um, their primary customer was Franklin Covey back in the day when they Mm -hmm. did, uh, day planners and shit. Mm -hmm. And my job being low man on the totem pole working there was that as things are printed and they come down the line and then they are, are ran up to this, belt feeder that it just you know lines up all of the printed pages vertically and then stacks them and so my job was to take two blocks of wood you know put put a block of wood at one end and then i had this metal separator that was on a slide that i could move back and forth on this table where all of the papers would gather up and i would move that slide over insert another block of wood and then take a plastic bailing line run that across and then step on a pedal to tighten that to kind of shrink wrap it together a little bit Mm. and then i'd take these you know 50 to 80 pound bundles of of printed paper and move them over onto uh pallet to be for for eight hours a day yeah to be run off to (laughs) to the to the warehouse and and just one day after working there for however long I picked up a bundle and instead of shifting my feet, I just twisted with my back and went to set it down and I was fucking done. Mm. I had to sleep on the floor 
like oh. on the floor with no nothing under me except carpet and then hope that there wasn't too much padding for mm-hmm. close to a year i believe oh and because it was just that was the only place where i could get any kind of relief at all and it was just yeah. having having the the top of my ass on the hard ground and straightening my spine a little bit that that mm-hmm. offered the most relief but God, yep. that was just that was six months to a year of just fucking torturous pain man awful awful yeah yeah so i i'm, I'm sorry man that sucks yeah no it's no bueno um and uh like it, it seems like it's happening more frequently so i'm gonna try and figure out what it is but uh you know i had the same thing happen about the same time last year mm-hmm. um just before i went and i took my trip out to utah so about 11 months ago you so yeah well, hopefully they can get it figured out for you, and then that won't be an issue going forward. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, there's not a whole lot new with me. I got the new car, which is still Congrats. so much fun. I got to drive it yesterday for an extended period. I drove it to the golf course and back, and, you know, it's 45-ish miles away mm-hmm. from home. And so that was fun. It was it – was, and, and it was the first round of golf of the year, so – it went about as well as expected. Uh, could have been better. I, I started off with an eight and then a nine on a par four and a par five. Uh, shot a forty-seven overall. So you know, nine of those extra shots were all taken on the first two holes <laughs> because <laughs> I hadn't swung a club in you know since October. Um, but the rest of the round went pretty well. Uh, I was using my new electric robotic cart, my remote control thing, and that. Because I hadn't used that for a little while, I was out of practice with using that and had three different yard sales throughout <laughs> throughout <laughs> navigating it around the course. The first one being like right off of the fucking T block on number one. And my cart went down a hill, got a little sideways and then started wobbling and tipped over and all of my clubs <laughs> came out. All my I, le- I had left my top pocket open with balls and tees and everything that fucking went everywhere. My water, my beer. It took me a little while, and then I think being frustrated with that and trying to find my ball is what led to having a horrible score on the second hole, but it all worked Excuses. out pretty well. Excuses. Yeah. Well, and then, like, it was just, like, I felt so unprepared. Like, I just felt like I was rushing around everywhere trying to trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Like, I dropped my range finder on the very first hole. Uh, didn't have that for the rest of the round. Finally, when we finished up, and I did have some great shots and, and great holes after the first two. But then when we finished up, I had to grab uh, an actual driving cart to drive down to see if I could find my rangefinder. I was able to locate it, but then driving back up to the clubhouse, the cart that I had hopped on outside the clubhouse, that the little light was blinking for the battery. The battery died <laughs> coming up the fucking hill. So, well, it didn't, it didn't die entirely, but like, I could have I could have crawled on my hands and knees faster back up to the clubhouse because mm. the first hole at Valley View is this really steep hill. Anyway, it took me forever to get back up to the clubhouse, but I did retrieve my rangefinder. And then on the way home, it was the weirdest fucking thing. I don't know what this dude's problem was. I'm just minding my own fucking business and out of nowhere this dude comes flying up on my ass and then gets right next to me, starts honking his horn and he's flipping me off and everything and I'm like I'm looking around like, is this, are you, are you, you talking to me? Like, what are you, what the fuck is going on? 
Did you forget what your license plate says? I didn't even have. That's just it. It's the new car. All it has is the paper tag. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. never mind then. I, I was don't going to go. I, th- I thought maybe you would have had to change over real quick or something, but well, that was my first oh. thought. Was like, oh, he must have seen my license plate, and then I thought, oh shit, no, I don't even have license plates on this. <laughs> it's the brand new fucking car, which well, made I don't it, know what this fucker's excuse was. Yeah, which made it all the more baffling. Like, what the fuck? Like, maybe he just hates Genesis vehicles, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> maybe somebody he knows has the same car in the same color, which would be really wild because there's so few of them available. Well, did you check to make sure your golf clubs made it home with you? <laughs> they, yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> it too. Like on top of the car. Well, yeah. Like yeah, at, at first yard yeah. sale on the freeway. Well, yeah. At first, like he started flipping me off and everything. And, and I thought, well, what? Like at first I didn't know if it was even directed at me. And then when it was clear that it was directed at me, I thought, well, is it somebody I know? And they're just fucking with me. Like, because I haven't done anything <laughs> and it wasn't somebody I knew. And so then we're just driving along and he kept doing that. Like he'd, he'd zoom up and get ahead of me and then he'd slow down and flip me off as I went past. And then he'd get behind me and then he'd get right on my ass. And, and he gets next to me and he's like, he sticks his arm out the window and he's motioning for me to pull over. And I'm just like, I just started laughing at him even more. I'm like, like, no. Do, you, do you want me to pull over so that I can beat the shit out of you in front of everybody? Like, <laughs> I've got other shit to do, man. I got to get home and do some more work. So I just kept driving and he took the next exit and it was like, I still like, I came home and I told Tracy all about it. Cause I was just like baffled about what the fuck is going on with this guy. Like, and I still like, I thought about it, you know, the rest of the night and, and a few times throughout the day today. And it's just like, I have no idea what this dude's problem was. Like I didn't, I didn't cut anybody off. I didn't, you know, get on anybody's ass. And there probably wasn't another car like yours anywhere near. No, no. Yeah. I I just, I'm still at a a complete loss as to what the hell was going on. (laughs) It was just, it was the weirdest thing. And I thought, and then I thought for sure, like, well, if I pull over and I get out of the car, he's probably going to apologize (laughs) because I'm, I'm a large fellow and a lot of people find my just physical size a little intimidating. I, I scare a lot of people unintentionally. And yeah, I just, it was just weird. I don't. That's because some people fear gingers. <laughs> uh-huh. Because we have no soul. So yep. there's, there's. Like, I can't do anything to that guy. He's got no soul. How the fuck am I going <laughs> to knock him down a peg? Uh-huh. But there's, there's been a bunch of, bunch of shit in the news, man. That we're going to talk about when we get back from this little break. My name is Tony from the God Chat Podcast. It's the podcast where I chat to the creator of the universe, God. It's a podcast where we aim to blend humour and philosophy, or humosophy as some people are calling it. In reality, each episode is 20 minutes of poorly curated nonsense, and you probably won't enjoy it. Oh, and by the way, you're listening to the Godless Revolution podcast. Does that make sense, Tony? Does it? Oh, fuck off, God. God chat with God and Tony. But I'm not going to have Nazism called secularism, if you don't mind. Uh, it's, I'm a prisoner of what I know here. I know too much about it. I've read Mein Kampf, for example, which most people have not, where Hitler says several times, starting very early on, that he's doing God's work in exterminating the Jews. He went on saying that. The Vatican was shown the book. In those days, they would ban any book they didn't like the look of. One of the great book banning organizations in the world. They didn't ban the book that was written by the leader who made his first political treaty in Germany with them and their church and outside Germany between his dictatorship 
and the Vatican. If you wanted to take your oath, well, you didn't have to want to, you had to, if you were in the German army or in the SS, to take your oath to the Führer, which was compulsory. You took it like this, I swear by almighty God, undying fealty. Around your belt, if you were a soldier in the Nazi army, you had to wear a buckle that said, Gott mit uns, the German for God, on our side. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. So some shit has gone down uh, yeah. in our yeah. in our last episode. In In that episode, we were talking about, you know, will he or won't we? And will Ukraine, is Ukraine an actual danger? Because it sure fucking looked like it. And... Putin was rattling some sabers and some people were saying, oh, it's no big deal. Other people were like, no, it's a big fucking deal. And it yeah, turns out yeah. that, yes, indeed, the, the people on the big fucking deal side of the fence were absolutely correct. We get to have a Taylor was wrong. Um, I, I, in our last episode, gave a most likely and a most dangerous assessment. Uh, I figured the most likely would be that they would like kind of capture the regions they'd already captured as well as a belt that goes from the Donbass region down to Crimea and uh, probably wouldn't invade any further um, and would use the threat of their troops built up to uh, to capture those regions. Uh, the most dangerous being what actually happened. Um, and Ryan was right. He thought that the most dangerous would be what happened. So, yeah. See, I can be an analyst. <laughs> no, I mean, it's something that, that you know, we've talked on and off the yeah. show about. Like, I've got, I've got a propensity to go towards more conservative estimates um, and, and hedge my bets. And it's one of those things that I've, uh, it, the same thing happened with January 6th. Um, you know, where I, I figured that things would be not quite as extreme as they turned out being. Well, I don't um, think and it is a, expected how extreme that actually went. Well, there were people who did though. Um, you know, Andrew, Andrew Seidel, for example, uh, can point to previous events that happened in December, uh, December 14th, for example, um, that, showed what was going to happen right so so if if other people made the right assessment i i should have been able to make the right assessment and it's one of those things where i look at um you know how do i weigh my like basically risk aversion or change aversion when i'm looking at whether or not people make decisions mm -hmm. and i just need to adjust that upward you know it's it's a problem that some analysts have it's one that i suffer from and it's something that i've been trying to work on because uh, that's that's what good analysts do yeah. is identify where their thinking is not optimal and and adjust those inherent biases. Well, mm -hmm. I, I would say looking at what Putin has done so far, he has made the wrong decisions militarily. Oh, yeah. And he would have been much better off taking the route you were talking about, taking getting a stronghold in a certain area and then try to mm -hmm. move off of that area. And they're kind of taking the... Uh, not, not even like a blitzkrieg effect. They're just, they're, they're trying to poke holes in Ukraine and it's not going well. It would have been a blitzkrieg type attack if he had properly stacked echelons. Mm -hmm. um, the, the way that, that blitzkriegs work is you have multiple echelons of uh, like armored units that can move at a very quick rate and you don't even necessarily stop and fight. Like you'll just blow through fighting yeah. positions and capture as deep into the territory as you can. And you've got your second and third and sometimes fourth echelons behind you that will follow on, you know, with a delay and capture those places 
And so you've, you've almost set up like kind of a traveling wall. Mm-hmm. And then each of those subsequent echelons is there to protect, uh, supply lines that are able to provide supplies to the tip of the spear. And now we're hearing reports, uh, from, from the press that the like 40 kilometer or 40 mile, I think it's 40 mile long yeah. um, road right now from Belarus to Kiev is, is filled with like, three deep of tanks that don't have food or water or gas, you know, getting reports of like Russian soldiers who are giving up and it's the first time they've eaten in three days, you know, or or rations that are, uh, that were expired back in 2015. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rations that had expired four or five years ago or longer, or the, their food was spoiled. They're running out of, uh, fuel for their vehicles. Uh, some of them, Mm -hmm. I mean, and this is all according to media reports, but mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it's not a single sourced media report. Like it's, it's right. a broad swath of media, uh, establishments are reporting all of these things that they're running out of fuel. Their morale is really low that some are just surrendering because they didn't even, they didn't think that they were ever going to invade Ukraine. They thought that they were on a training mission. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. just an exercise that, and then even those that thought that they may invade, um, figured they would be welcomed much like, you know, Bush said the, the U S would be as, as liberators that right. they would be welcome. No. Yeah. That, and it's, it's all gone sideways on them and yeah. there, yeah, there, there's, there's reports of, of them, like I said, just abandoning, giving up their vehicles and surrendering, um, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is they didn't want to be firing on people that they have a fairly close relationship with. A lot of the soldiers or, have friends and family in Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. Or shooting at people who aren't even, who are defenseless. It's like, I'm not going to open fire on these people, which is why I loved, I, I saw one today where like the town went out and just stood in the road in front of that, where that nuclear uh, reactor is, that, that uh, power plant. And they just stood in the road, said no. And the tanks didn't come through. Like, all right, yeah. we'll turn around. What are you going to do? And run I've over all of us? Reports in yeah. Belarus the same way that people are starting to sabotage railways and roads. Yeah, in Belarus. Well, because I had well. seen that in northern Ukraine that the people there had already sabotaged the railroads. So they couldn't bring their uh, mm-hmm. resupply trains in. Which I guess from looking at all the stuff, that's the common way Russia was planning to resupply troops was by rail. And now that rail's being knocked out, you can't get right. fuel and food and ammo to them. And yeah. And I also call bullshit on Russia saying they have air superiority. Cause I thought it was funny as fuck that the day Russia puts out the thing saying we have achieved air superiority. Ukraine releases a video of all their fucking hits for their drone. It's like they got mm-hmm. this slow ass drone and it's destroying your convoys right now. Mm-hmm. Well, in my understanding, that Turkish drone is a killer. Um, that it, it, they're it gonna sell a lot of them altitude after this. and it's got a low profile. Yeah, they're gonna sell up, but it's, but it's slow, which should well, make slow it can be easy, good, but it should still be a, a semi easy target for a fighter well, to take out as long as it's giving the, a heat the problem signature. with slow is that if it's too slow, fighters will overshoot it and it's they hard can't to get lock on. Lock. Yeah. yeah, um. Uh, you know, and, and on the off chance that we've got any, you know, anyone in those regions listening to us, which is a very long chance, be careful if you're like, say, breaking down railroad ties, they're, they're under a lot of pressure and they'll pop if you were to say, cut them out. Right. 
um, cause they can be under tons of, of shear pressure. So if they were to be say cut out of their like moorings, they'll pop up. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then same Molotov cocktails, right? Uh, yep. don't take cocktail advice from a podcast, but, uh, wrap, wrap the cloth around the neck, seal it up. So you don't get yourself with the, uh, liquid They're propellant the fuel, when you throw yeah. it. There was the yeah. one video where they're doing drive-by Molotovs on the mm -hmm. convoy. And the woman had her arm caught on fire. Yeah, yeah. because when she threw it, the fuel yep. was coming out yep. and she caught her arm. She didn't, she looked, she looked like she put it out, so she was okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you avoid that if you don't yeah. leave the top open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cork that thing up. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, it splashes, it'll catch all the same. Uh, A little bit of styrofoam helps too, you know. Well, that's how you make other things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the the styrofoam makes it makes it sticky, right? Yeah, it makes it yeah. jelly. Yeah, yep. I learned that the wrong way as a young kid. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. put some fuel into a styrofoam cup to go throw it on a fire, and I pour it in, and it just went. Oh, it melted in my hand. Like, oh, oh, I'm glad you're okay. That could have been <laughs> catastrophic. I wasn't by the fire. Mm. I was gonna like pour some in the styrofoam cup and chuck it into the campfire. Yeah. Yeah, oh. just melted this. You almost, you almost <laughs> lost a hand there. Yeah, yeah. That no, I saw, I saw a video time. earlier today of like what must have been just a neighborhood worth of people under an overhang, and I mean, you had kids funneling styrofoam into glasses oh, yeah. and then handing those off to adults who would fill them up with gasoline, and I mean, they had like they milk a, crates a factory over going. milk crates, yeah, of just assembling Molotovs. There was, uh, it was like a 60 or 70 year old man that was, they were interviewing on the street and they're asking like, what are you still doing here? You could have left. You could have, you know, fled. He's like, no, I want to fight. It's like, I asked for a gun, but they told me I'm too old for a gun. So I got my Molotov cocktails ready. <laughs> <laughs> like Russia did not expect this. Russia did not expect to have people of every age and different mm -hmm. diversities in their culture saying no. We love Ukraine yep. and we're going to fight the fucking death for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope I, I wish that Ukraine has many, many sunflowers in their fields this summer. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have a new uh, export. That was, yeah, that was the greatest single <laughs> threat that I think I've ever heard in my life. The, the, the old lady walking up to a Russian soldier telling him that, he should put sunflower seeds in his pocket. Yep. So that they will grow out of his dead body <laughs> when he dies here. Yeah. Now, yep. I wonder if that has cultural significance because there's a movie. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie right now. But the guy goes to Ukraine. He's in Odessa mm -hmm. and he's traveling through Ukraine trying to find a relative of his. And before he gets to her house, it's just this giant field of sunflowers. And he's walking through it and he gets to the house and she was a survivor of the Holocaust in Ukraine. And she mm -hmm. grew all those flowers for the people that died. Well, the sunflower is Ukraine's national flower. Oh, is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's also why she did it in the movie too. Like I didn't understand the, but then her saying that too, I was like, does that have a significance there? I'm like the lady that survived the Holocaust grew a whole, whole fields full of sunflowers. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it'd be interesting. That makes more sense. Yeah. Like I know that the sunflower is their national flower, but I, I haven't read a, or looked at anything to figure out why that's their national flower. Like there, I'm guessing there's an interesting story behind that somewhere. Well, I mean, it's a tasty flower. I yeah. like sunflower seeds. <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. I like them too. Um, and, and it's, it's interesting to me how many 
conservative bullshit talking points that they've that they've gone over for the past two two yeah about two years two to three years about ukraine you know when it first came out that trump was withholding aid from ukraine in order to uh, extract some cooperation from Zelensky, yeah in, in order to basically mm-hmm. yeah to to put the spurs to Zelensky to do his bidding that you know he was mm-hmm. going to withhold uh financial aid from ukraine until he like he didn't even want Zelensky to actually do anything but to just announce that they were announce yeah. going to investigate hunter biden mm-hmm. and that was that was the second time that trump was impeached no, the first, the first yeah. time. Sorry. No, first the first time. time. Yeah, yeah, the first time he was impeached was was over that, was withholding military aid to Ukraine until they would at least announce that they were going to investigate Hunter Biden. And, you know, moving from that and then all of the conservatives, oh, yeah, well, you know, why should we care about this little pissant country that, you know, nobody really cares about that is really just, you know, Russia light. They're all just a bunch of communist stooges anyway, run by, you know, somebody who was a was a comedian and an actor and like doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. It's like, well, you know, like, Ronald Reagan, our former president or the president <laughs> yeah, what are you like, talking about who, who would elect an actor as a president. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah like Ronald Reagan twice and uh, <laughs> Donald Trump were both actor issues like reagan for sure was an actor trump is yes yes trump acts like a human being so i guess that kind of counts yeah <laughs> he has a he has, his trouble is that smiling part yeah he's just not a very uh. good actor but knowing that they that they with that they tried to withhold that and then you know like i said the conservative talking points of oh well Zelensky's just a you know former actor former comedian he's not to be taken seriously that dude has stones man Fuck yes. Like mm-hmm. just just seeing some of the interviews of him or or some of the press releases that are coming out of his administration where you know he he tells people we need your help. We don't we don't need prayers. We need money yeah, for ammunition. We need mm-hmm. weapons to help repel this invading force. And no, I'm not going to leave my country. This is this is my country. This may be the last time that you see me alive because yeah. I'm going to be here and right. we're going to do everything we can. We're going to fight tooth and nail to, to repel them. Yeah, I mean, they're, saying- they're reporting that they that they stopped an assassination by a Chechnyan kill squad earlier yes. today. <laughs> what? I hadn't well, heard anything yeah. about not that. Not just stopped it, but took out the entire squad. Uh, yes, also true. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about that. I've been I've been busy with yeah. what. what uh, tell me more about this. I, there's well, not much more to tell. Oh. Um, a, a group <laughs> of like Chechnyan mercenaries who are being led by a guy who's described as a warlord, um, because apparently Chechnya is just fucking wild. Um, like went in, was planning to kill Zelensky. Somehow they got tipped off. Don't know how that could have happened. And. uh <laughs> They caught them and executed them because they weren't uniformed soldiers of war. Ukraine yeah. was like, well, guess what you don't get. I, so. I, I did see the Ukrainian special forces had to walk back a comment they made today. Um, mm. they, today they announced at one point, they said, um, if you are part of the artillery divisions that are shelling our civilian areas, you will not be taken POW. Oh, 
Yeah. And they had to walk that comment back like, okay, we'll take you PW. Like, we won't just kill you in the street. We want to. We want to fucking kill you in the street, but we're told we can't. Right. It's like the last thing we need is to commit war crimes when at least right now Russia is being investigated for war crimes. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen reports that they're um, being accused of using cluster munitions. The, um, that, the... um their their flamethrower, their uh, um, thermobaric mm, thermobaric missiles, and and yeah. I like that's something that uh that's important. Like war is terrible, um, yeah. and this may require like a trigger warning, like potentially fast forward a minute of this show. Um, World War Z, the book by Max Brooks, mm-hmm. has a fantastic description of thermobaric weapons because like they're they're described as being used in the book. Um, what they do is they make an extremely high temperature, um, explosion that, um, it it incinerates the air and it uses the air in its own explosion radius to amplify its own explosion radius. Like it it burns at a temperature so high that it vaporizes the O2, which allows it to explode more, right? Um, more than the initial fuel of the explosive itself. Um, and then, when that explosion ceases, there's no more air there because that air has been used for the explosion. So it creates a vacuum vacuum. and there's a negative pressure wave that happens. So first there's a concussive blast out, then a negative pressure wave back in, which has, you know, use your Isaac Newton, roughly the same force as the concussive blast that went out in the first place to fill that vacuum. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's strong enough to like suck organs out of a mouth. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You basically just got put into a vacuum chamber. Yeah. So um, if I understand, I was watching one thing where they're talking about the ones the Russians, but they, the, it's a two part blast they use for there. So the first detonation, it aerosolizes a fuel that spreads out into the air. Mm-hmm. And then a second charge goes off, just lighting the atmosphere on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they are, they are war crime weapons. Like there's not a legal way to use no. a thermobaric weapon in a wartime scenario. I don't think we even use thermobaric weapons to get people out of caves in Afghanistan. We, just, um, we bomb I, the shit out of them. I uh, Don't I, quote me on this. Um, I'll look it up after the show. If, if I'm we, wrong, someone email us. I believe that the mother did. of all bombs is a thermobaric, is a thermobaric weapon. Is. And I believe that we used it once early in the Trump administration in Afghanistan. Um, but I believe that it was used not for like the vacuum effect, but just to cause a collapse in like tunnel systems. Like basically it was yeah. exploded outside of a mountain to cause caves inside to, the mountains to collapse, which is still not nice. No, but, um, that's my only, well, that's, that's, that's the, the only wartime use I can think of, of America using a thermobaric weapon. Cause what's the whole purpose of those weapons if you drop one of those outside of say in a residential area outside of an apartment complex if a normal mm-hmm. weapon will destroy walls and damage the concrete and shoot shrapnel but if you're protected inside there you don't get that effect a thermobaric weapon sucks the air out of the building so you don't have protection from a shelter or a bunker or anything it's sucking the air literally out of the building yeah i'm bryce barkenagle have you ever wondered if joseph smith was drugging the early mormons Turns out it might be possible when you have a fantastic congregation that is witnessing angels floating around in the rafters and think that the temple is on fire and they're running out in the snow and writhing around on the ground naked. Yeah, it turns out 
drugs might be the best explanation. Be sure to check out my Sunstone Symposium presentation on the Joseph Smith Entheogen Theory by punching that into any YouTube browser. And thank you so much for checking that out, and be sure to check out the Naked Mormonism podcast. This is the Godless Revolution. And when Trump was asked on Friday about what had happened in that meeting, this was his response. I don't remember much about that meeting. It was a very unimportant meeting. It took place a long time. Don't remember much about it. Oh, you don't remember. That, that is convenient, although it's slightly undercut by one of Trump's favorite boasts. People know me from my memory. It's called, like, up here, and it's called memory, and it's called other things. I'm fortunate that I have a good memory. I have a good memory. I have, like, a good memory. I have a very good memory. I have a good memory, like a great memory. I have a great memory. One of the great memories of all time. Yeah, and there is, there is just no way to reconcile those two positions, although... Trump has actually tried in the past because when he was asked during a deposition in 2015 about claiming that he had one of the world's great memories, he said, and I quote, I don't remember saying that. As good as my memory is, I don't remember that. But I have a good memory. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! One of, one of the things that I thought that the Biden administration is not getting enough kudos or accolades for is the way that they've handled this, the way that they handled the entire situation running up to Russia actually yeah. invading where they were the trying to tell yeah yeah trying to tell the world this is the intelligence that we've got and this is intelligence coming from all of the agencies that Trump throughout his presidency shat on repeatedly mm-hmm. he he denigrated the yeah. FBI the CIA the NSA all of our intelligence agencies he tried to convince everybody we're fucking awful and could give no good, actionable, workable intelligence about anything. That they were all corrupt. They were all out to get him. They were all, they all had their own agendas. Not saying that that's necessarily entirely wrong, but that he tried, he tried to demonize all of our intelligence agencies that Mm -hmm. were used to, to great effect and accuracy in predicting Mm -hmm. what Putin was going to do. Yeah. Well, not yeah. only, you also got to remember that when Putin and Trump were buddies, and apparently uh, Trump still knows exactly what Putin's thinking. He's a great man. I know him better than some people in He's this very room. very savvy, very, very intelligent. Uh, he was actively trying to defund NATO, defund the UN, get the US out of it, and basically turn the UN and NATO into shambles, which is exactly what fucking Putin wants, mm-hmm. which yeah. is why I love right now we see NATO and the UN unifying behind each other uh well i I would say nato and the eu the un is kind of nutless but uh i mean that's so even though we see all the stuff coming out from the un you're right the un are non-binding agreements it's basically all of us saying it's all them saying we think you're a piece of shit it's like okay you think i'm a piece of shit whatever Mm -hmm. you can't do anything about it uh but just seeing the unity of the sanctions that are happening right now i mean Everyone is pulled out of out of Russia. You know, major oil companies, movies, cars, planes. Mm-hmm. Like if it if it's an industry, they're pulling out of Russia. It's because wild to watch. 
I think half of it's optics. Like, well, we don't want to mm-hmm. be there. We can be there. We can still go up there and make money, but the optics of this will look horrible if yeah. we don't get out before we're forced to get out. There's there's negative optics if you stay in. There's also yes. free PR if you get out. Get, get out, even though I can't remember how many people I heard the the, the statistic earlier today on uh, NPR of how many people actually live in Russia for the markets for like Apple. All Apple products were pulled. You're like. Mm-hmm that's a huge market for Apple. And yeah, they're like, yeah. they weren't told to get out, but they're like, yeah, we're out. Done. Right. I'm like, yeah. good for you. Fucking ain't taking the right side. Yeah, it's crazy to watch. And, and that's why there have been people saying like, oh, well, maybe this will motivate, you know, China to attack Taiwan. And I think quite the opposite. This I think that this is also the Western them. world. Yeah. Saying, hey, here's what happens. Like, because there's shit. What was the... <laughs> I'm I'm probably conflating a couple of things. Um, I'm almost certainly conflating a couple of things, but I, I feel like at some point I read that like new, no two countries with a McDonald's have ever gone to war with each other. You know, mm-hmm. I've um, heard that too. But there's McDonald's are fucking everywhere. Oh no, I know, I know. <laughs> but but like it's kind of a tongue in cheek thing. Yeah. But to think about it in terms of of like this is what the Marshall Plan was supposed to do. This is what NATO was supposed to do. This is what America's entire post-World War II strategy was supposed to do, which yeah. is say, hey, we may not agree with what each other does, but like we do agree on enlightenment values, on on general liberalism and representative democracy and not going to war with each other. And as long as we don't go to war with each other, like we'll find ways to like politely disagree um, and, and fucking God help you, right? If you do fuck with us because we'll be a united front. And this is the first time that's ever been tested in, in a real strategic way. And we, we enacted article five uh, when nine 11 happened, but like Iraq and Afghanistan were from like a standard military perspective, easily rolled over. We just couldn't handle the insurgency part. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But for an actual force on force, like superpower fight, um, you know, I, I will say this, like, depending on what happens with Putin in the next few months, like I think that we'll probably look back on this as the beginning of world war three. Um, and I think that the idea of what war is will change in the same way that we recognize that war changed uh, between like the American civil war and world war one, like mm-hmm. trench warfare changed what war was like, you know, people yeah. were used to, Hey, we're going to have some battles at these certain theaters and then, you know, somebody will win and they'll get routed and they'll move and the battle lines will change. We're instead World War One was just, you know, fighting over the same 300 just meters it of out. land for two years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, a reason we use the term entrenched. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that the economic and internet and communicative aspects of the 21st century are as significant a change to warfare um, as trench warfare and automatic weapons and biplanes were for World War One, And I, I really do think that like 20 years from now, when kids are reading history books, they'll see this as the opening salvo of World War Three, And it will be described in part as an economic war, where economic oh, yeah. warfare was one of the weapons wielded um, by most of the rest of the world against Russia. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're knocking Russia back 50 years right now. Yeah. Economically. Well, it's interesting and and so heartening to see that across the board, people are lining up and condemning Russia. Putin is being made a pariah. He, oh yeah, there, there's at this point, there's no way for him to come back from this. Which, 
is both good and fucking terrifying at the same time because what's he going to do? Yeah. When, when he comes to the realization that he's either got to go balls to the wall or be deposed and removed from power, I think everybody can figure out what he's going to do. Right. It's, it's, it's going to be, he's, he's going to adopt the line of, well, if you haven't succeeded by using force, you haven't used enough force. Right. And it's going to well, get I, a I lot like, worse. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's it. I, I like what the uh, Ukrainian diplomat said in the speech to the UN. He said that um, uh, Putin should just skip to the part uh, that his counterpart in Berlin did in, in May of 1945. Oh, in oh yeah. <laughs> was, I did not hear that. that was, oh, yeah, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, real talk, I think that... that uh, I can't remember if I said this in the previous episode, um, but Putin is a kleptocrat. Uh, Putin has made his rulership persistent by enriching um, and creating dirt on a class of oligarchs who control the economies of Russia. And by keeping them enriched and the, the wheels greased for their industries, um, they keep him in power, right? And now that their economy is trashed, he will have outlived his usefulness mm-hmm. for those oligarchs, right? And on the one hand, it is uh, a powerful tool to have control over the apparatus of your intelligence agency, you know, the FSB, uh, uh, your military forces, et cetera, right, that, that Putin has. But uh, never doubt the power of money, <laughs> Right. Yeah. And if all of the rest of the oligarchs are not in favor of what Putin's doing to their wealth, I think that's going to speak pretty loudly. And I think that will create opportunities. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that you're right there. I just I don't think that it's going to be a powerful enough motivator. I mean, he sits atop the heap of the oligarchs, right? Like, I don't know if you saw um, the the bit on John Oliver where. He, he, he showed video of, and I can't even remember. It was, it was someone in Putin's, it's, it's equivalent to our, you know, the, the administration's cabinet. And it was somebody in Putin's cabinet, uh, stood up and expressed a concern. And Putin, Putin, Putin basically dressed him down in front of everybody. And this guy in public, in this in this open environment of of talking things out completely acquiesced and backed down and tucked his tail between his legs and basically started groveling as putin mm-hmm. was dressing him down in front of everybody else and i think he wields enough power that people are still just fucking terrified of him and what he will do because it's it's not much of a secret that he just kills his political enemies that's that's what happens right right which, which is why they need to kill him i mean i guess I guess where I'm coming from with my calculus is that there were multiple in government assassination attempts against Hitler. You know, like, like there were multiple Nazis who tried to assassinate Hitler. Right. Mm -hmm. And Hitler led an ideology, right? People, people believed in Nazism, Mm -hmm. you know, not all of them, right? Some of them were pragmatic. Some of them just wanted power, Mm -hmm. but you know, a lot of the top ranking Nazis believed in Nazism, right? Putin does not have that ideological uh, power, mm-hmm. which I think makes the risk of 
of pragmatic decision making higher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it puts everyone on more of a game theory level of thinking rather than a, a irrational level of, of thinking mm-hmm. is, is where I'm coming from thinking that. I think, I think that what ultimately will, will lead to Putin's demise is aside from the things that he's doing is that he's, his, his motivation seems to be that he wants to improve Russia, right? That he wants, he wants people to love him. He wants to be known as this great leader, historically speaking. I've seen a bunch of reports that say that it, it that it seems like there's something wrong with him. Something has definitely changed, mm-hmm. right? His, his, yeah. uh, emotions are running a lot higher and hotter. Uh, he's, short tempered yeah there uh, and there's been speculation that he may have learned that he has some incurable mortal disease or affliction that that has spurred him to want to cement a legacy as this great leader before he dies and unifying the russian union back together yeah I've, i've also heard reports that he's got something you know Almost like me, that he's got really bad back problems and has been taking a lot of steroids and painkillers to deal with it, mm-hmm. and that that like steroids especially will fuck with your with your thought process. Mm-hmm. And people have spoken to like that his face has gotten puffier. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's looking more waterlogged, which is a, a potential consequence of that kind of uh, treatment. Mm-hmm. So, so, but, but like- I. Even though I've literally taken classes on that, I don't want to speculate too much into his thought patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, I think better assessments can be made on multiple people's actions rather than an individual's actions, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I tend to, there are two different views of, of history, one that is top down and one that is bottom up. And I tend to agree with the bottom up side that like big changes happen because of what lots of people do that coalesce into general action rather than what leaders do flowing down onto the masses. Mm -hmm. And leaders are important, but I think that it's important to consider Mm non-leaders. But I think leaders, I think the best leaders are the ones who can see that see that tide of change brewing beneath them and can channel that into a productive Mm -hmm. arena, right? Yeah. And that's, I, it's funny you say that. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine about Boris Johnson mm -hmm. earlier today, who, who I don't think is anywhere close to as stupid as people think he is. I think he plays, yeah, he plays the stupid man. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he knows how to challenge those or or channel those, uh, yeah, tides of change. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 He's, he's really effective at doing that. I just, I, I, I am growing increasingly concerned and we've seen a ratcheting up of violence recently. There's been reports of bombings in, you know, major metropolitan areas within Ukraine. Oh yeah. I mean, there are bombings of schools and hospitals and maternity wards and yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, I think they're reporting something like 6,000 civilian deaths Mm -hmm. at this point. And I think, so. and I think Putin can see the writing on the wall that his days are numbered and that the people, oh, yeah. the longer this goes on and the longer Ukraine can hold out, the more people are turning against him and the more sanctions are being ratcheted up, the more countries are realizing that they need to align. Not even countries, fucking global corporations are now stepping into the fray. Like, Fucking mm-hmm. Exxon Mobil and BP and a bunch of other oil companies and, and major corporations, Apple, Microsoft, they're all now aligning as well against Russia and doing what they can to help support 
keeping Putin in place and and stymieing his effort his efforts as much as possible. Yeah. And I, I just Exxon gave up a twenty percent share in a Russian oil company. It's like that's a lot of money when you're that big of a company. Yeah. That's, well, it's that's that's another one of those things where it's important to consider. Um, Russia, Russia has lots of oil. Russia is an oil based country uh, economy. Mm-hmm. They're terrible at drilling oil. Um, you know, if it's anything more complex than sticking a straw in the ground and sucking, uh, <laughs> they need to bring outside expertise, and that's why <laughs> groups like uh, Exxon and BP do work so much work with. Yeah, is they yeah. come in and they bring actual geo- geological engineers um, to to do advanced oil drilling processes, and without those people, Russia literally doesn't have the scientists to make that happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard someone say Russia's got a lot of gold, so they they can still survive. I'm like, who are they going to sell it to? Right. What good is that gold when you're not allowed to sell it on any fucking market? It's a worthless yeah. rock now. It's it's right. the same thing that happens with like fucking conservatives and libertarians where they're like, oh, the dollar evaluation is going to go down. I'm going to I'm going to go and put all my money in gold so that I'll have something to barter with. And it's like, well, I can't eat that or shoot it. So yeah. what the fuck do I want right. to do with it? <laughs> right. If, if <laughs> fucking Katrina it. Mark two happens, I'm yeah. going to say, hey, do you have any bread? I don't care about gold. Yeah. <laughs> when the shit hits the fan is now a shiny rock. Yeah. 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 Can can this do anything for me other than look pretty on a desk somewhere? Yeah. Make some jewelry. No one's going to want to buy it because I can't fucking eat it or shoot it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. If I can't eat it, shoot it, or put it on my body to keep warm. I don't yeah. need it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just interesting wow. to me to see all of the ways in which what Trump hit what Trump did for the four years of his presidency perfectly aligned with Putin's ambitions. Yeah. You know, Mm. trying to destroy NATO, trying to destroy the EU, trying to destroy all of American institutions. Um, not just our intelligence agencies, but all of the agencies that help run our government. And then even after he's in office, even I'm sorry, even after he's out of office, just how much he's trying to deep throat Putin and mm-hmm. and stay on his good side like and and just in case anyone else has friends like me i i have had a buddy who is a libertarian that like i i'm still friends with him because he and i are in the same professional industry and i maintain you know contacts that way and then because i'm hoping that one day maybe like i'll say something that snaps him out of it but he's like a super libertarian right and he's mm. he was posting memes last week about how Tulsi Gabbard should have been president oh, for something. Jesus Christ. And I, and, and again, he and I work in the same industry, right? Uh, and, and he works in DC and I showed him tweets by Tulsi Gabbard that were basically supporting the Russian position, opposing the Ukrainian position. And he has shut the fuck up about Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> I have not seen him as say a single thing in support of her since then. Good. Cause yeah, she's and, a and, shitty fucking person, man. Yeah. Don't don't let people start repeating the thing right now. What I say, well, tr- Putin didn't invade when Trump was in office because he knew Trump was strong. So there, he's only doing it now because Biden's weak. I'm like, okay. Last I checked, he's invading Ukraine, not the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we've done more than Trump ever would have fucking done as far as sanctions go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep. I don't think he's weak at all. But, uh, you know, we were worried we weren't going to have enough stuff to talk about, and we blitzed through a whole ass episode. <laughs> yeah, that was quick. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That was... Yeah. I could talk to you guys. I'd love to keep Patreon going, but I need to lay so. down again, so I think it might be 
might be time for us to thank our patrons. Yep. I think you are absolutely correct because they help keep the show going and we appreciate and love you all. Thank you so much for your patronage of the show. Uh, and, let's, uh, and we've, we've said that we're actually making this an LLC, right? On air? Yes. Okay. We did. Yeah. It's yeah. almost official. Almost. Very close to official. Yeah. We're, we're, we're drawing ever nearer to that, uh, LLC Goal? line. <laughs> yeah. of, so of having to fork over you can't take our money yeah of having to fork <laughs> over and a not insignificant amount of fundage yeah. in order to get that going uh but we have come to the end of the show before we go we should thank our patreon supporters i don't know why i'm repeating myself i'll have to edit this yeah. more because wow. i did that <laughs> let's go let's read through that list of amazing patrons all uh, right uh let's let's have you start it off ryan that would be uh, the two skeptical chaps. A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man, a perfectly cromulent statement. Alan Firth. All hail Peanut Buttra. Darwin is coming. Doug Willoughby. Hunter Grin. Is it just me, or are these patrons amazing? Yeah. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Steve and Andrews. Theodore Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Freethinker215. Good news, everyone. Oh, Joe DiMaggio is back. So yeah, when I they do that. the 20 episodes, they will have the voice of Bender. <laughs> Bender's <Nice>. back. <laughs> Bender is back, baby. All right. For um, more hookers and, and blow. We are at Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan. Marvin Draken. Matthew Sanders. Megan Mitchell. Not a fucking gymnast. <laughs> Updog programmer. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Zeus 9SO. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Savita Kuna. Socialized Healthcare Saved My Life. Tim Jacobson. Trisha Weir. James. And Waylon Smithers wants you to please support the Trevor Project. Nice. I like that one. That was yes. that was a good pick, Raji. Uh, and um, one of these things. This is this is a little off the cuff, but but for those of you who are higher end Patreon supporters, if there are ideas that you have from us, like that you would like to get more value out of the show. Um, whether that's video things like what Ryan's been working on or deeper dive episodes or I don't know what autographed books, something like that shit. Um, please let us know what we can do to give you more of what we're doing because we want to make sure that you're, you know, getting the best of us. We've been really busy as shit. Um, I'm probably about to have some more time coming up here soon. So anything we can do to like add value, let us know. We should, we, we should be jumping into some more deep dives here soon, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Should be a lot of fun. Speaking of deep dives, I'm going to deep dive back into work. Oh, that sucks. My butt's grumbling. I'm going to rest on my uh, couch for a while. This <laughs> hour sitting upright has taken a toll. Yeah, I hope ah. you get feeling better soon, man. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well... Well, I'm yes. an unhappy kitty. <laughs> Sorry. Let me uh let me take care of that real quick. <laughs>